Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. My name is Aaron, and oh man, do we have an l- amazing and fortunate show today. Um, my guest is the host of Game of Roses. He is the, ho- the co-host of that, the co-host of the Dudesy, but most importantly, he is the reigning, defending, undefeated Dudesy <laughs> champion, the, yeah. the, the holder of the belt. The person who I hold on to, I've seen every episode of Dudesy, I am a POD for life. Thank and, you. And um, not only have I forced my girlfriend and all my friends to, wa- to watch oh the God. show, I have literally put it on when they're over and be like, it's on now, you're watching it. Um, Has I- it worked? Have, yeah. you, have you gotten anybody to enjoy it? Totally. Totally. Okay, great. And, and so it does work. It does work. And and here's what I find I have to do. I find that, you know, you guys have um, the world of Dudesy is there's a lot of running jokes and there's a lot of bits that carry on from episode to episode. So sure. what, I, what I find is like maybe maybe one uh, one prompt from Dudesy might not work, but then like uh, depending on the person, they may like Adam's Applebee's or they may like, right. you know, you know, one of the skits. And it's always a skit in the in the episode that that draws them in. So, yeah, I mean, I to me, it is very reminiscent of like when I was a kid, I used to watch Saturday Night Live every Saturday. Like it was definitely what I was going to do Saturday night. And I always remember that same kind of feeling of like, there would be a bunch of duds in an episode, but if there was one funny church lady or Hans and Franz or oh. something like that, it made the whole episode worth it to me. Abs, absolutely, absolutely. Well, how's your morning going, man? How are your first couple of uh, pods? Been great so far. I this every Saturday I do this. I do three podcasts for twenty minutes of anybody who sends me an email to come on their show, and I love doing it because it's it's interesting also just to see like what people's setups are, what yeah. the the themes of their podcasts are, just like I. Podcasting to me has been an incredibly like creatively fulfilling art form. I absolutely love doing it. So I like seeing how other people are doing it too. It's like, it's fascinating to me. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Yeah. I started this uh, in 2017. So good six (laughs) years ago now. And the only reason I'm doing it is because it is, it's not only is it like fun to talk to people you don't know, you know, kind of do this live mind to mind creative, like. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be able to play off the other people, but also it's like therapy for me. You know, it, it like it, totally. allowed, it, it, it it's it's like a separate it's a separate thing from life that I can come in. Headphones are on. You're in your own world. And all of a sudden it's, you know, hours go by and you're like, it's a time warp, man. Yes, I totally agree. I, I love it for that reason. And it's like creatively, I don't all the other stuff that I work on is usually at like a studio or a network or whatever. Right. I'm, somebody's paying me to do something and therefore they get to tell me how to do it but in podcasting it isn't like that at all no. it's i basically get to do whatever i want and i love it no yeah that's that's great um so hey i also want to i also want to mention just for for the for your sake i guess um sure. this is a you can do as many impressions as you want on this i will <laughs> never whelp you i will, i love your impressions i am not, i am i am on your side on this thank Chad. you okay <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. And we'll I have we'll and I have one more up. question. The the horse back up behind you. That yeah. little blue horse. What's this what's that? The horse came from a place here in Los Angeles or just outside of Los Angeles called Villa de la Vina. Does that name mean anything to you? Huh. It is the mansion where they shoot The Bachelor. Oh, that that's the uh, horse. Okay. Okay. They had an estate sale there a couple of years ago 
And uh, obviously, I had to go. Yeah. And I had to buy something, so I bought that little horse. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, and then you told the story about you just getting that jacket. Yes, exactly. I got a golden bachelor jacket that I bought off of a person who was working a promotional event for the show out here. <laughs> Literally bought it off his back. He was very nice to sell it to me. I love that. Yeah. Um, for people out there who don't know, you you ho- you co-host the podcast Game of Roses. Um, yeah, and that sorry. is like the deep dive into how the bachelor is basically a uh, it's not just the contest we think it is, right? Yeah, I mean, essentially, my my co-host and I, Lizzie Pace, are both TV writers, and during the pandemic, we we had no work because nobody was shooting TV shows, nobody right. was buying TV shows, and we had always watched The Bachelor together, and we saw it as a kind of professional sport. So we were like, you know what? Let's start a podcast because we wanted to write a book called How to Win the Bachelor that really looked at uh, the game mechanics of the show sure. and applied like kind of metrical statistical analysis to what would be a good play or a bad play and how you could build strategy to move through a season and ultimately come out of that season with whatever you wanted. That could be the ring, meaning you you get married to the person or engaged to them, the crown, meaning you become the next bachelor or bachelorette, right. or uh, you could get an invitation to Bachelor in Paradise. They're kind of all-star show and extend your fame for a minute. But the real game of it is trying to get Instagram followers. I mean, that basically is why you're going into any reality TV show now. Yep. And I think there are not just Bachelor. I've been watching a bunch of other reality TV shows in the past year. I think there are game mechanics in all of them. And I think that you can, with enough study, develop a strategy to go into any of those games and come out of it with over a million Instagram followers, meaning you will be a professional influencer for at least the next you know, five or ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, Big Brother was kind of my one sure. of those reality game shows that I once I started hearing you talk about uh, how The Bachelor is like this, it changed how I started watching, you know, Big Brother or any of these other yeah. shows as well. And I'm like, oh, shit, I think they're all I think they're all like that. Yeah, I mean, Big Brother is an open game that actually rewards people for being dishonest and manipulating right, other players. Right. Uh, Bachelor is the opposite. It It conveys that it is not a game at all that this is just about people finding love. And if you're here to play a game, that's for the wrong reasons and you get dismissed. So The Bachelor has a little bit of uh, this kind of lie that must be maintained, which we call for the right reasons. But um, if you watch Big Brother, do you know who Taylor Hale is? Have you watched recently? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm watching the current one right now. I trained Taylor Hale to go into Bachelor. And uh, she decided, like, I don't want to do Bachelor. (laughs) I'm going to do Big Brother. And obviously did pretty fucking well. Oh, yeah, it. dude. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, on to the next topic because we only have you know, 20 minutes. Um, that's correct. I, 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 I am fascinated by um, your your counterpointing to Will on Dudesy. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, Dudesy is a podcast ran by an AI, all formulated by an AI, an artificial intelligence that has access to all of your stuff, blah, blah, blah. You can hear the beginning of every episode if you guys want to go out there and watch it. But yeah. I like how you you guys counterpoint. And I find myself, you know, I've been a fan of Will as as anybody who saw him when they were a young kid became an instant fan of him, whether it was on yeah. ad TV or anything else he did. Myself included. Correct. But I, I find myself like relating to you a lot more because I'm I'm far more on like the like like true skeptic side of of sure. how things work and your I w- I want to talk a little bit about free will with you because okay. I I agree that we don't have libertarian free will. There is no way to go back and choose to do different if you could rewind the clock. Right. But, but what I what I have a question for you is is do you think we have will 
in general. It may not be free, mm. but do you, do you kind of think we have will? You mean will in terms of we have desires and we have goals and we have kind of we can set out a game plan to achieve some uh, final event or whatever that may be. Yeah. Is that basically can, what you're talking about? Sure. We can have I mean, wants, right? They may be determined. Yeah. Truly down at the, the, the base level. But it, it seems like what people care about is, hey, no, I could choose to turn left then turn right in the moment like you have right. choices how do you think about that well i mean there's there's science to back this up you those choices are made far before you are conscious of them your brain makes them for you in a in a oh, sense yeah. you know yeah. and if you want to separate out the kind of like biological mechanical function of your brain from what you perceive to be your mind your consciousness your soul whatever you kind of have to with this science exactly. because we we have like narrowed this down even to something as uh, mundane as like when you're going to take the next bite of your sandwich, your brain makes that decision way before you actually enact it. So for just from that standpoint, I would say, no, we don't have will. I would say we are machines. We are animals, just like every other animal scared and greedy. And we're going to take as much as we can with as little effort as possible. That's in all of us. That is like hardwired into how we behave as, as animals. And I think the perception of free will is just it's a part of our kind of like abstract reasoning. Most other animals don't have it. Certainly no animal on planet Earth has abstract reasoning at the level we do. Not our all. entire world is, it consists of like abstract thoughts, ideas, weird concepts, what have you. Uh, like the idea of money, for example. There's no other animal on planet Earth that has money. We made this weird shit up and it governs all of our behaviors. So, well, but we do witness in like, I mean, that from, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I incredibly enjoy uh, naturalistic studies and things like that sure. and, and, and biology as well. And so, you know, if you look to our closest living relatives, the bonobos, yeah, bonobos trade goods in mm -hmm. their societies. They form largely mat 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 matrialistic societies. They're ran by women or the, the females of the, of the clans or whatever you want sure. to call them. Um, and they do trade rocks and like they have it, it's see but it's not currency in the way we put like yeah val you know a rock for i don't think for them like a big rock is five and a little rock you know they don't have that yeah tiered. exactly yeah they don't understand like the abstract concept of math <laughs> probably i mean we don't know we're not <laughs> yeah. in their brains but probably and certainly they don't understand the the abstract concepts that would allow the development of complex technology and all the different societal systems that we have as human beings. But yes, yeah, some animals are exhibiting kind of like these early phases of what like some pre-human creature might have done. But uh, ultimately, I think like to answer the original question, do we have will? I don't think so. I think everything is pretty much predetermined, whether you want to look at it from a kind of biological anthropological level or even if you want to look at it at a physics level yeah you know we don't know if the big bang is real and there's like a lot of conjecture about that right now in the scientific community but let's say it was we we definitely know that at some point all the matter in the universe was and like in the, the size of something that was the head of a pin or whatever yeah, yeah. it exploded that explosion creates all matter it creates all uh forces that bind us magnetism gravity electromagnetism all this stuff yep. um so in that moment, every particle is sent on a trajectory bound by these forces that now exist in the reality that we will come to know as human beings. If every one of those particles is sent on that trajectory, that's it. It's locked in. 
So those particles are going to eventually fly through the universe and make Earth and our sun and all of this and make you and make me. We had no say in that. There's there's no changing that. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. And now that we have brains and we think we understand some kind of abstract version of what reality is, which, by the way, is fucking wrong. Nobody (laughs) knows what this shit is. No religion, no scientists, no government. Nobody knows anything about any of this shit. We can approximate. We can, we can approximate. Can we? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Because because there's there's replication. There, you know, there we can in the approximation. Now, I I I, under, I, I completely agree. We don't have certainty on any of it. There there yeah. is no certainty. But if I was to do a test and say, ah, gravity behaves like this here, and I could just give you the test without telling you my conclusion, and you test it there, yeah, you would come up with a very close outcome to what i came up with so in, sure. in that way i think we can approximate our reality but we're always i don't, we're I don't always, agree really i think that yes i think obviously we have our scientific method and we can discern repeatable data or we could falsify or uh, invalidate scientific arguments or whatever yes we have these things i think science at its best is a fucking joke like <laughs> it's it's great for you know, certain medical things. We've extended human lifespan. We've got all these great technologies. We've got electricity. We've got air conditioning, all this types of shit. It's great. And definitely science has contributed a lot to human development. I think technology is like the only thing that continues on an upward slope. And I'm a big fan of technology. That said, I think it's like, imagine an ant walking out of the anthill and being like, well, guys, I went outside the fucking anthill and I can definitely tell you uh, there's other shit out there and I know everything now it's we're fucking ants whatever we perceive of reality we are bound by our five senses and yep. however we can augment those technologically right and that's it right whatever else is out there I mean who th- we can't even begin to ask the question let alone find the answers right so so I I you know uh being a kind of nerd myself um they just gave out the 2023 Nobel Prize in Physics to a team of three researchers who were able for the first time to not only measure but um view time at the attosecond level so this yeah. is what blew my mind is there are more attoseconds is a very small you know you got nanoseconds femtoseconds and it goes all the way down attoseconds is a measure of seconds so small that there are more attoseconds in one second than there have been seconds since the beginning of the universe. Yeah. You know, times there's 31 million seconds a year times that times 13.8 billion. That many seconds have existed. There are more attoseconds in one second than all of that. And, and so when I, when I see things like this, I'm like, okay, we are getting, we are becoming more, uh, finite in our viewing in our in our attempts to understand like the fundamental levels of what this happens now on now i i I agree with you to a point where we we as a human uh, one one brain one thing can't know even a team of brains can't know but i i find that uh the tools that we use are actually the like the you know it's it's a it's a spear mm. and orangutans hunting fish with a spear and they fail most of the time because they're not coordinated they don't have the you know but every once in a while that orangutan does in fact get a fish on the end of their stick right and right. I, and i and i find that 
I think we're we're approximated to that in I, it, it'd be hard for me to think that we've never not figured something out. In, no, I, we obviously have. I mean, there's there's evidence of that. Like I right. said, like technology builds on itself. Technology only works because you are like, you know what? I want to try and make a fucking wheel. And then if you make one and it works, you can keep making that same wheel and build on that technology. It only works if you have successes to build yeah, upon. True. And I'm I'm for sure saying we have made many successes in terms of at least manipulating the world as we see it, the physical components of our world yeah. to make our lives more comfortable, to make things easier, to eliminate certain like uh, needs of labor, what have you. And all technology is is basically that. It's designed to make us more comfortable and eliminate the need for labor. And that will continue with AI is a good example. I think it's going to get rid of most human labor, including creative labor, which I'm all for. But still, we are locked into uh, this limitation of how we can perceive reality. Absolutely. Even with our advanced tools, we're still trying to get like, I want a picture from deep space so I can see it. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. Why do we need to fucking see anything? That's just one of our senses. Exactly. And we've developed these senses. Uh, as a biological kind of machine to be able to flourish on this planet. Only. This planet yeah. is a fucking speck. It's irrelevant <laughs> totally. in terms of what reality is, you know? So even our ability to perceive what fundamental reality uh, could be is like inherently flawed and yeah. so minimalistic that I don't think we, we personally so, as a species can ever really understand what reality is maybe an ai can or we'll get closer to it sure but even that is going to be bound to earth in one way or another yeah, yeah it's yeah. going to have to develop technologies that we can't understand and don't even really get like what the purpose of it is to be applicable to anything outside of our rock right so yeah, so how exactly. do you how do you then quantify um purpose because because for for i don't stuff suffer with this problem but i know people who go man if if everything's determined and I don't have will, then then why why ought I value purpose? Like why ought I value a drive to be a better bass player or to you know to do these things? Like where where do you where do you contextualize that? In, in for me, the, that's all that matters because <laughs> because the other shit doesn't. It's like if I know fundamentally, I'll never understand any of this shit. None of us will. Yeah. Only thing I can understand is like when I write a joke that makes me fucking laugh. That's awesome, and I want to do as much of that as I fucking can before I die. Even if and that's even basically if, it, yeah. Even if you had no will to do the joke, or even if it wasn't, you know, even if it was yeah. all determined for that joke to come out of you, the fact that it makes you laugh means it's a surprise, right? It means that the that at some level your brain surprised your brain. Yeah. It's either that it was surprising or whatever. I mean, it's to me, purpose is is kind of like whatever you find value in, whatever makes you happy, whatever makes you fulfilled and makes you think I didn't waste today. Like I yeah. did something that was yeah. meaningful to me. That's sure. all any of us got. Yep. Yep. Whatever that thing is or things are for you is like, in my opinion, fucking indulge them as much as you can, because that's really all you got. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. I got another question for you here. Um, sure. Uh, as you're 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 a, you're a writer in in Hollywood, you guys just ended the writer's strike, and 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 that yeah. was great to see. Um, for someone who is outside of that world, but an aspiring screenwriter or an aspiring yeah. anything, what would be a couple steps for someone who has one or two screenplays written and wants to kind of how do they get seen? How would some other than making the movie themselves? How yeah. how how does how would that process get started for a novice 
Oh, I mean, you're talking about what I consider to be a dying uh, system, the Hollywood system in terms of like getting movies made and stuff. I think with AI, the traditional way is like you have to write your scripts, you have to submit them to an agent. The agent has to read them and say like, I like these scripts. I think I could sell them. The agent then gives you notes. You have to do a bunch of rewrites and maybe that agent will try to help you sell it. Maybe they won't after a year of trying to court them and, and whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then if they want to take you on as a client, that agent will then send that script out to a slew of producers who have overall deals at different networks and streamers. If one of them says, I like this script, they will then take it into their network or their studio or streamer with their overall deal and say, I want you to buy this script for me. I'm going to develop this and produce this. You then have to get a director attached, find cast. Each of those uh, points in the, in the process means you have to do another rewrite, usually for free. Yep. Um, this is how this is a big sticking point too in the the most recent strike is these free steps and rewrites that producers would always get writers to do and you're like you have no real choice if you don't do it they'll just kick you off the project and hire somebody else so that's kind of how it works and then maybe your movie gets made after it's been rewritten by 500 people and you yeah. have to go to the guild to fight for credit on the movie you wrote and then you don't get it because a bigger writer uh makes more money than you they're going to give that person the credit because the guild gets a percentage of every deal made that's how they operate sure um so do you, how they keep like the health insurance so so you don't so think, i would oh what? sorry i was going to say so you, sorry, go so ahead. i was going to say do you, so you don't think there's like a you know i kind of hearken back to a, a link later or a kevin smith or something that sure. takes that takes that step and they obviously they do it themselves and kind of wild yes. west themselves in the back door um, do yeah. you think that is still workable today? As, yes, as a I method? would recommend that. I think that is basically the only way that you get in now. Um, I, I won't say it's the only way. You can still do it that traditional route. Write your spec scripts. Try to get an agent. Try to get a manager. Try, you know, Put it in film festivals and writing festivals and stuff. See if you can get some attention. Of course you can do that. I think where we're at now, if I had to give anyone advice on how to like do their first thing, a, I would say don't don't view Hollywood and the studio and network system as like the end game because I don't think yeah. it is. No, it's not. I yes. think it's actually like I've been in it for a long time. I have no real good experiences from it. And I, and my story, I think, of like how I've kind of existed as a writer is probably very common. I think it's more common than people who have massive success. It's that you can sell a lot of stuff and you can pay your rent out here. You can get into it that way. But you're going to see very few things made. And when they do get made, they're like unrecognizable from the thing you wrote. Right. So if that appeals to you, by all means, get in that line, join up with a studio or <laughs> yeah. network. But AI technology exists right now that if you want to, you can take that script you've written. And if you just want to sit down with a little bit of time and effort, you can basically make that movie. You can make some version of it with any actors you want. And it takes, again, a little time, not as yeah. much time as making a movie in the traditional sense. Or money, but, for that uh, matter, yeah. Yeah, or money, exactly. You don't need a director, you don't need actors, you don't need any of that shit. You can make a version of it now and throw it up on YouTube. And if that script is good, it's going to work. You know, it'll, right. it, it looks kind of now like visually, I mean, it's a little bit like a shitty animated movie. And it doesn't quite line up and it's hard to get the dialogue to match the lips, but there are tools out there that you can use to do it. Yep. And uh, that is what I would recommend. If you want to like start making movies, just fucking make one with AI. See how it goes. And and above all, I would say, especially if you're a writer, don't be precious about anything you've written. 
because you're never going to get like one your one thing is never going to be the only thing it's only going to be the thing that gets you to the next thing yeah i've that 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 is definitely a lesson i've taken away in in the music industry i'm a musician myself and mm-hmm. and and so you know uh, you can't be you can't be precious about a song and feel like this is my my beatles blackbird or this is my fucking yeah. thing you know because it almost never is and yeah. it, but if you you know if you if you cherish the music if you cherish just the art of it then it it seems to be always in the end worth it it has to be worth it to you before anything else right like you can't put the value of your art on how it's received or if it is received it's just kind of got to fulfill you yes dude totally i think for me it's like the art is only mine as i'm making it as soon as it's done and i put it in the world i'm like i have no attachment to it because I've had people read some of my books and they'll email me or whatever and be like, oh, my God, I love this part in your book because it meant this. And I'm like, that's not what I meant when I wrote it. But if you see that meaning in it, then it's in it. Whether I wanted to put it there or not, whether I thought it was there or not, doesn't fucking matter anymore. When you make a piece of art and you put it in the world, it becomes whatever it is to anyone else. And you there, there's no arguing that, right. in my opinion. Like the artist, every once in a while, you'll see a director or somebody be like, well, that's not what this is about. You're misunderstanding. It. It's like, no, motherfucker, you're misunderstanding it. It is what it's about. Because if somebody sees that in it, then it's fucking there, whether you yep. meant to put it there or not. So to me, it's like I love creating things and then putting them out there. And I like watching the reaction, whatever that reaction may be. In in however varied it may be, if it's positive, it's negative, whatever, I'm down for it because that to me is like that's maybe the most fun part of making art is seeing how it affects people. The subjective kind of nature to what it means, you know, ten people can look at a Basquiat and all take away something different. Exactly, and uh, it doesn't mean that it at all invalidates what the artist set out while painting that for them. You know, yeah, cool. Okay, I think. Artist oh. intent is almost meaningless to me when uh, people, you yeah. know, that's like a, a a big topic, I guess, when you start talking about well, what does the artist mean when they were making this? I don't care. I don't fucking care. I'm looking at the painting. I'm listening to the song. I'm watching the movie. I'll tell you what I fucking see in it. And that's all that I'm ever going to see in it. I don't care what the artist's intention was. Uh, yeah, that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. OK, I see we're close. I want to hit you with a couple rapid fire questions and then I'll uh, oh, I'll get you out of here. Um, all right. Uh, Red or blue? I like blue, I think. Red or blue. Cool. Um, pirates or ninjas? Ninjas. Ninjas. All right. Um, iced coffee or hot coffee? Or hot no coffee. coffee. Hot? Yeah. Hot Wonderful. tea. I drink a lot of hot tea. That's. Are you a green or black tea guy? Green. Green tea. No caffeine, right? Uh, is there no caffeine in green tea? I don't know. Yeah, All I, I know is I, it is a, a big antioxidant. Oh, yes, yes, That's absolutely. Why I, I try to get in my whatever four or five cups a day. Good, good for you, man. Good for you. Um, okay, if you had to choose um the mountains or the ocean. Uh I'll take uh locked in the middle of the city, right in the fucking heart of the grid. Uh, you, Is that a, a possibility? Sure. I don't really like well, nature all that much. Oh. <laughs> Some nature I did. I mean uh, look, if you had to put me in a nature place, I would go the woods. That's that's more my vibe. Yeah, so I yeah. guess mountains. Okay, cool. cool. Um, so so are, you are a, a guy of like the hustle and bustle. You like you like the, the the stuff going on around you. Is that kind of why you chose a city? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I do like that shit. 
good, good, good. Um, okay. Uh, ice cream or pie? Pie. Pie. Do you have a favorite pie? Apple. Apple pie. Just, just generic. Very like, American. Uh, very American. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, okay, cool, man. This is uh, thanks for this. You're, you've been, uh, dude. Fantastic. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, man. Um, good luck for all of your stuff. I can't wait to uh, watch Will keep losing uh, the belt to you. And <laughs> he's got to win at some point. I'm just waiting for it. It has to. Happen. Okay, let me ask. You, can I ask you a real inside baseball question about dude? Do you think that it is part of Dudesy's plan to keep this the like keep Will so close to winning, but never on to keep him on board of wanting it? Do you think it's dude? I no. I. I I don't know though. Maybe I, I literally don't know. I've thought about this a lot. I'm like, is it ever going to let him fucking win this thing? I don't know. And I just don't know is the answer. Do you have any I think idea? It has to though. Yeah. I, I think ultimately I'm like 51% of me feels like he's got to win it at some point. <laughs> he has to. Do you, do you have any idea about what you guys are going to get at 10,000 points? None. None. No. Can he and I have talked about it? Like, what do you think this is going to, we have no idea. We have no fucking idea. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, Chad, thank you so much for uh, being a guest on here. I'm not going to keep you and uh, keep. I'll let you get to your morning. So, great, man. Thank you so much, dude. And uh, be sure to tag me in this on Instagram when it comes out, and I I'll repost it and everything. Oh, really? Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, man. Thank Absolutely, you. awesome, awesome. And this is an audio only. I don't record video or anything. I'm I'm old school. I like the radio. I like your mind making up what is going on in the room when you can't see it. Sure. You know. Your ears are a fabulous awesome, tool that way. So anyway, have a wonderful afternoon and chat. Right. And, uh, I'll, you know, we'll talk soon. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks, buddy. Bye.